there are certain things, there are, there are a few products in your life you shouldn't renew or reuse, and you can use your imagination. They, they can be rinsed and reused, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. What's up, trade crew? Welcome back to another episode of HVAC R&D. Powered by Keystone Sales and Associates, your premier mid-Atlantic manufacturers rep. Um, we got a guest on the night. I'm kind of excited about this. We've been talking. I sh- we should have been recording for the last 30 minutes, but we got into some good stuff and uh, may or may not have a uh, guest drinking with us tonight. So we're stoked about that. So without further ado, let's get it going. Yeah, come on. trade crew thanks for joining us on another episode of hvac r&d as usual i'll give you the the early rundown so this episode is brought to you also by rector seal and if you're following us or you're active on social media please follow please follow us at instagram at hvac.rnd also at tiktok at hvac.rnd i've uh, updated that one so they're mirrored again the way they used to be you can also find us on linkedin at hvacrd and also on facebook and tradehounds and a big thank you to all of our vendor hub partners better help chirp service titan and also one thing marketing stay tuned to Brittany's show with us next week um, talking about some ahr reveal stuff and then also for any other information feel free to check the link tree in our bios of social media and you can get all the rest of our info so have you on this vendor hub is that have you explained that yet or no no we're gonna dig into that with uh Brittany next week i'm just kind of okay. starting to get people pumped up and ready for it um, so yeah it's coming but now the moment we've all been waiting for our guest this evening from out on the west coast representing rector seal please welcome mr donnie king to the show They've never drove through Indiana Bit the man who plowed that earth Planted that seed Busted his ass for you and me You're caught a harvest moon in Kansas And they'd understand why God made Those fly over states I bet that my long Santa Fe 
are you guys doing? What's good, up, man? Sir. Yeah, it's going good. Nice, nice walkout song there. Yeah, well, appreciate it. Yeah, so West Coast, more, more right in the center. Um, I'm, I'm currently uh, grounded in Chicago, so stuck in Shyland. You wasn't, uh, you hadn't been flying anywhere. Coast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I was going to say, have you flown anywhere in the last, was it today, the huge issue with the yeah, airplane? So, no, I, so we, we drove to Florida over Christmas or right New Year's. We, we missed the whole Southwest. We didn't fly Southwest and we're going to fly Southwest, but we missed that and did not have any trips planned, you know, this week. Thank God this wasn't happening, uh, you know, at AHR time. Or, yeah. I mean, what happened today? Like, <laughs> did I, does anybody know? Figure that out since that's all the news this morning. It was like a reboot. Well, you know, I, I heard it was a software glitch in the, uh, you know, air traffic control, something or other, who knows, but it, it grounded everything. And is a reason why I drive most places. Right. <laughs> I've seen a lot of, uh, tweets come out that said, just, just unplug it and plug it back in. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So fly over states. That's it. That's you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I've been in the central part of the country my whole entire life and been up here in Chicago now for five years. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful section of the world for like six weeks out of the year. So. <laughs> short golf season. Super it's, short golf season. Yeah, it's it's actually better than that. I, I joke with the locals here about, you know, I, I know why they're all angry now because they live right? here. Because they live here. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, down here in the South, it like I just don't want to dig my car out to go to work, man. I don't understand what's cool about that. Yeah. It's a, it's a magic honor. That, that three inches of snow down here to dig our cars out. It's no, if I'm if I'm going if I gotta dig the car out, it's a snow day, man. It's not happening. <laughs> I can't you think can't even reach me via email. Down here. <laughs> Office is closed. Closed. Yeah. You, you guys probably don't get snow. You get ice, and that's that's you know, which is yep. worse. Ice, ice. You, you cannot drive on ice. You can drive on snow, but you cannot drive on ice. Yep. All right. So before we get too deep into this, we're gonna have to crack a couple beers, a bottle maybe. I'm not sure. Um, did you bring anything to the show for us? You're talking to me, right? Yeah. I'm talking to you. Guess, well, yeah, guess go guess, first. Guess, guess go first. Guess go first. So, yeah, so I'm drinking a raspberry white claw. Nice. No, finally. I'm just kidding. I'm oh, God. Raspberry white claw. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, man, I, we're just I'm the only drinking with us. <laughs> oh, I am drinking. I am yeah. drinking. So, I'm going to crack open my uh, go to bottle. It's uh, Old Granddad 114. It's a oh, bourbon. Okay. Yep. It's a 114 proof. So uh, well, this show's only like 20 minutes, right? Right. <laughs> That's a. <laughs> so, and I, I will put a few what my buddy calls road uh, road bumps in there. Some ice cubes. Slow me down. Yep. Road bumps. There like you go. So there you go. I, I don't know if you can hear that, but it doesn't have the sound effect as a cracked bottle, uh, cracking open a can of beer. No, but that's what I'm having. Good nice. deal. All right, riding. Well, <laughs> there it is. 
There you go. Uh, cheers to the hitchhikers, boys. Oh, Modelo. There you go. I got you a little. I got you a present in the mail today, Ryden. Oh, did did the uh, did the bucket show up? Yep. So I ordered a. Uh, well, I'm, I'm looking. I'm actually looking at all this Rector Seal stuff in my next to my desk here that we have to give away at AHR. But I had to order. I wanted to do a raffle, so I ordered a Modelo beer bucket, <laughs> and I got some orange uh, tickets to put in there. Some good HVAC R&D orange. Like some, it. Yep. So, nice. Yep. I just uh, just opened that today. So, all right. Well. I've got a, uh, I did find a Bud Light Seltzer. I know, I know. But I do have a drink here that I'm going to open. My son opened this the other day, and it made the craziest sound. I said, I've got to open one of those on the podcast. It's a Nitro Pepsi. Mm. Oh, those things do sound funny. Yeah. This is a creamy, what is this? It's one of the uh, the vanilla. I guess it's like a draft cola. Let me open this thing up. See what we got. Nice. I mean, I mean, what is going on there? First of all, I can't wait till you put reverb on that. It's going to be very interesting. <laughs> and it says, "Chill the can, pour hard, and enjoy." What does "pour hard" mean? I don't know, but. I can't drink this tonight. It's 9.30 at night. I can't drink Is that it. when, like, if you're pouring it hard, you pour and you, like, slam down with your hand? Like, it's like, just make it, force it down there? Just, the picture is just, you just turn it over. Turn it right? over. Just pour it in there. Don't worry about, you know, too yeah. much head on the top or what. Just pour it in. Yeah, don't worry about going down the side of the glass. Just dump it. So I had a beer, I had a beer rep one time tell me, I was actually sitting at a bar next to a beer rep. Um, and he said, always just turn it over and pour it in. If you try to save it from creating any of the head, all that goes in your stomach. If that right, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, more bubbles in your stomach. Yeah. Right. Just, just pour it, let it. I'm like, all right. Still can't do that though. Still got to turn the glass sideways. And <laughs> I don't know why, but. All right, well, let's... Uh, he just wants us to drink more beer. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, oh, man, That's I made true. him make more foam, so there's like two less ounces I got to drink. So that means at least one more beer per round equals God, how reps. many more cases per year. <laughs> so, I, so I look, it's nitrogen-infused. That's what makes the extra extra bubbles there. So. That's right. But it doesn't have it. it doesn't have any alcohol in it, does it? No, it doesn't. So I'm yeah. opened it, and now I'm pushing it to the side. I oh, I was going to say, what are you, like, go say, what are you cutting with it? Thought maybe you might put something in it. I should have went and got some bourbon, but but I can't drink this tonight. I'll be laying in the bed. <laughs> My mind will be racing. <laughs> uh, I got to go to the gym in the morning. I can't drink this tonight. Are they going to be I just, open this time? I just wanted to record it. Yeah, hopefully they'll be. Well, they're, I found out they're, <laughs> they're not open at 5 on Saturday, so I wasted a I was up there a little bit early Saturday. Um, all right. Well, let's get into Donnie said he's got an infomercial for us. So <laughs> we, we don't have to do anything. I want to sit back, put my feet up and just listen. Right. I'm trying, to remember, I'm trying to remember what we talked about before we started recording, but um, we were, 
we were kind of talking about your career path and kind yeah. of explain the spider web. That was a good analogy. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I'll get to that. So I got into this industry by accident, I think maybe is the best way to get there. So, um, I went to college, had aspirations from my parents and most of the family <laughs> to be a, uh, a doctor. So went into pre-med, decided that I didn't want to spend the next eight to 10 years of my life in the classrooms in college. So finished college and started looking for a, 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 just any job, you know, starving college student looking for a job. Now, did you just do four years? I did four you... years. Yep. Okay. Biology right. major with a minor in chemistry. It's really, really, you know, cool. useful right. in the, my career. Um, and my <laughs> parents are so my parents are so proud. Yep. <laughs> so, and this is where it turns. So, I, my counselors and everybody was like, "You need to go into medical research." You know that if you don't want to be a doctor, don't go to medical research. And I found out that medical research interns and in first years they make about what you can make at Burger King or McDonald's. And uh, <laughs> so I decided I didn't want to do that. And my uncle, so here's where it turns into HVAC. So I have a an uncle in Amarillo, which is where I was, or Amarella, if you're from there, hmm. um, who owned an HVAC company. And he's like, hey, if you're looking for help in the summer, I could use your help. So I had worked with him while I was in high school, off and on. And so I'm like, sure, I'll come work for you. So I, I worked for him the whole entire summer of 89. And then winter came around. He's like, hey, you need to find a job. because <laughs> <we're, we're... laughs> Yep. <laughs> so happenstance is uh, one of the local distributors, the warehouse manager quit. So he's like, you should go do that. So I, I got to call my parents and saying, hey, I found a full time position as a warehouse manager for an HVAC company with a four-year bachelor's of science degree. It was really, <laughs> that was a good conversation. Um, Sounds like somebody I know, a couple yeah, people. Yep. <laughs> but it, you know, the, the, what's the old saying, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. And this one opened up just a world of opportunities. Um, the counter guy lasted about three months and he quit. So they moved me up to the counter. Then I was at the counter for about three months. A territory manager quit. So they moved me into territory manager's position. And I was a territory manager moved to Odessa, Texas or slow death of Texas. If you've ever been there, it's a, it is, I, you know, I love Texas. I've born and raised there, but whew, I mean, you got to want to live in Odessa. It is, it is just not a pretty place, but was great career choice. It, you know, made a ton of money, got really involved in the industry. My parents at the time and the rest of my family moved to Tulsa. So at some point in time, eight, nine years into that, I moved to Tulsa, went to work for another distributor. Worked there for about eight or nine years, worked for a ductless manufacturer, one of the leading ductless manufacturers, and really fell in love with that industry. I love the ductless side of the business. Yep. And, you know, one divorce later and a new girlfriend and remarried up here and then moved to Chicago. So that's how I ended up in Chicago. What kind of, what kind of systems out there in uh, slow Dessa? Oh, it's, what? it's, so it's a, so the funny, the story in the, so the average temper in the, in the summertime is like 110. It's in your, right. like at 5% humidity. It's dry. You can use a, you can use an evaporative cooler, swamp cooler is what they call them. Right. Um, wow. But, um, 
it, it is the blowers, right? So furnaces, gas furnaces. Yep. Yeah. Everybody had a gas furnace in your house. Every house there is built with a, you know, 80%, 120,000 BTU gas furnace, which is probably three <laughs> times the amount of heat that the house needs. Right. It's only there for the blower. That's the only reason you have a gas furnace there because you got to have a blower. <laughs> Once a year, you turn the furnace on, blow off the dust off the heat exchanger, and then turn it back off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it, I feel like there's got to be another system just for that part of the country. So they do. There's there's a couple of things where they do some combo package units where one half is a, an evaporative cooler and one half is a uh, centralized uh, you know refrigerated system. Uh, they use them in Odessa, that that part of the Texas area, all the way across New Mexico, Arizona. Okay. A lot of rooftops are, you know, what we would, what you guys would call just uh, small package units out in Carolinas. You put them on the ground, right? And run the right. Uh, yep. Well, out in the west, they put them on the roof. Right, and those end up on yep. our HVAC hacks. Yes, there's a lot of HVAC those. hacks. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see some funny stories, watch HVAC hacks. Well, I know, but I'm saying that's normal there, but over here, I'm like. God, did they put that on the roof? Like what? Oh, you know what I mean. I drive and I drive by and see that in Charlotte. I'm stopping and taking pictures of that. <laughs> yeah, I no one. I mean, one it of just the looks most weird popular, up there. Probably one of the most popular units I sold while I was out in, in West Texas was a roof, uh, you know, package unit where they would go in and they would take the evaporative cooler off, and you would have this big hole in the in the roof. Jeez. And the roofer would come in and flash a curb at the angle of whatever the pitch was. And then they would set the rooftop down there, and then you'd get in the attic, and you would run your trunk lines from there. So you didn't it have just to. Seems like a, it just seems like a lot of work. For now, here's here's a question. What it is. Yeah. yeah what's, With as many units as you guys were putting on roofs out there, package units, did anybody go out and just, like, buy their own boom trucks to be able to do that to try yeah. to save money? Or, yeah. like, is that a standard operating procedure for companies in that part of the country? Or does everybody still just rent a crane? So it's, yeah, crane. Who needs a crane when you've got 12 <laughs> employees? Um, That's true. <laughs> I mean, we can just... tackle in some ingenuity. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you got Bobby's truck. You just throw a rope on the other end of the house and we drag it up. I hope there's wow. a tree over the house. We'll just use that so, big old limb over there. <laughs> the larger, I would say the more reputable companies would have a small boon or small lift. Uh, you know, al almost even just a bucket truck is all you really right. need. You don't need to lift it. You're not lifting thousands of pounds. But yeah, and the and the really smart ones would have a um, a roofing company tied to their company as well, so you could do the uh, flashing up. and whatnot. Otherwise, you had to sub out the, the roof contract. So why aren't we? So explain to me why aren't we putting them outside on the ground? Is that a because there's already a hole in the roof? Okay, <laughs> this is already a so whoever so whoever started that. Correct. So what happens? Okay. Yeah, so I'm just trying to catch I'm up here. here. I'm like, what? maybe it was a critter deterrent. No, so it, keeping it, the rattler snakes out. Yeah, yeah. armadillos. So, yeah. yeah. So, so one of my favorite sayings is, "So what happened was right." I, I, okay. Is, there was no air conditioning. There was no air conditioning back in the day. Say, like in the '60s and '70s, and all these houses had uh, evaporative coolers, swamp coolers on top. And then some company or some manufacturer developed a package unit that would fit right up there. And for, for a small fee, you could upgrade your house and have refrigerated air. And that was the, that was the bulk of the business. It wasn't new construction. They're, they're not building 10,000 new right. homes out in, you know, Hobbs, New right. Mexico or 
that, that sort of place. But you, you are changing literally thousands of evaporative coolers and putting hmm. rooftops on top. So Now, was there like a bracket type or a yeah. mount? That yeah, so they would flash made. in the curb, and then inside the curb or somewhere on the curb, there would be an angle iron bracket that would support the weight. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. I've I mean, seen it, I've seen them in pictures. You know, I've seen them on Instagram and a lot. Sure. I'm like, ah, why is that up there? Jeez, it just looks- yeah. If you go if you go outside the Southwest and you try to do that kind of stuff, people will look at you cross-eyed. They're like, "What are you? What is wrong with you?" Yeah. <laughs> I tell now, somebody in Ballantyne over here, I'm gonna just put that package it on their roof they're going to be like nah we're going to well and the other reason why it's on the roof is there are there's no crawl space so most of the houses are slab okay Um, well there we go so you know and there's no no that answered my question i was about to ask yeah and there's no room inside so there's no closet so if you wanted to get rid of the the uh the thing on the roof then you covered the roof and you put everything in the attic which you know is the way I, I probably bulk of the business in the South is done now in new construction. They put everything in the attic. Right. Yep. So I'm guessing it was, it's still more cost effective to just put the unit over the giant hole in your roof than to actually fix your roof and put a central system in. Exactly. Guess. Yep. And a, and a, you know, say a three ton or two and a half ton gas pack. By the time you add in a furnace conditioning unit, coil, run the line set, do the pad, do all that. Fix the hole in the roof. It's it's, it's, it's a it's a you know, like, what about that? Right, that and then if, you know, and you don't want to be the only house on the block that doesn't have a package unit on its roof. I mean, you are not. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got. You won't be that neighbor. No, you don't. I mean, that's like having the only house on the block that doesn't have a car on a set of blocks yet. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be that guy. Dude, where's my car? So, All right, yeah, so, so that's, you know, that's a yeah. short story on how I got into it, and been doing this for right at 30 years give or take and i've traveled the whole entire country one of my positions i was was a national salesman so i had every part of the country and canada i've been all over the uh, united states selling and i can tell you everybody thinks their market is different everybody thinks their contractors are different everyone thinks that uh, they're the lowest price and you're never going to be able to sell this or that and it's just not true every market is almost dead even they're all alike. The product may change, but the people are basically the same. Yep. They react the same. They oh, think the sure. same. Yeah. I agree with that. We, yeah, we definitely run into that a lot on this show. You know, we, when I moved from Atlanta to Charlotte, I'm like, holy cow, HVAC is so different here. But it's really just application. You know, right. just like you said, like you got units on the roof there. You know, here all the all the ductwork is insulated on the inside in, in residential, and in Georgia, it's all on the outside. It so it just changes a little bit here and there, but yep. Uh, well, it's the like mindset is all the same. Yep. I mean, in Chicago, everything's in a basement, so you know every house around in this in this little area that I'm in is you're, you're in a basement. So the ductwork is all exposed in the basement, and it's all run up through chases in the wall, and it's it's there's a lot of twists and turns. But at the end of the day, it's still just a gas furnace hooked to a air conditioner or heat pump outside. Now you said you're you're big on ductless, right? So let's yeah, talk so, a little bit about that. Yeah. So in one in the position, well, when I was in Odessa, um, we did some renovation in a warehouse, and we cooled my new office 
with uh, with one of the original Duckless units, I think that came to the U.S. If you've ever seen a uh, if you've ever seen a '78 Chevrolet station wagon with the uh, wood grain siding on the on the side, yeah, the old front wheel drive sleigh. Yeah, that's what this duck that's what this Duckless unit looked like. It was wood grain colored, dark brown. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was sweet. Looked like you just drove it through the wall. Chrome knobs. Yeah. It ran like a champ and cooled like a. I mean it was. And well, so it was I probably R twelve, or. No, it, it's a brand everybody would recognize. Um, and so when I moved to uh, Tulsa, the position I took there was uh, outside parts and supplies and accessories. And one of the products that they threw in with the parts and supplies, because Douglas wasn't a huge part of the business, was Douglas. And so my background with Douglas helped me get that position and uh, parlayed that into, you know, working from the distributor to working for that manufacturer. And then you know, here we go from there. So yeah, I, I, I followed the uh, the Duckless, uh, uh, you know, progress from probably '93 until now. Oh, okay. Big changes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it has, and it, and you know, it it's moving forward even still. And I think we're gonna. I think you you talk a lot about it, Dennis, about the inverter technology. You know, ten years ago when I was teaching inverter technology, everybody's like, "Ah, that's never going to come." I'm like, "It's it's coming. Trust me." No, I still get oh, that. It's coming. <laughs> it's I coming. Still get that in class. I mean, you know. Well, it, when I'm up there, you know, training on a, on inverter technology, and it's just a split <clears throat> duct system. They're like, "So that operates like those mini splits," you know. <laughs> yep. It's it's still. I don't know. It's still, we're still behind on our, on our game. Well, it's still like, you know, it's still that massive six degrees of separation. They, they separate it with such a broad spectrum, but it's really the way things are going. It's not as much different as they want to try to make it. It's, it's still a refrigeration system. It's still an inverter system. It maybe the components inside and outside are set up slightly different, but it's still a refrigeration system doing what it's supposed to do. And I know, you know, where I grew up, I grew up in the mountains and we had either a crawl space no one could fit into, but the raccoons, um, or, you know, you didn't have a crawl space or an attic or anything. So it was either mini splits or we put in dual fuel, either one. But my dad embraced mini splits from, you know, from the nineties on, he's always been a mini split guy. He's still one of my biggest mini split customers to this day just because oh, yeah. that's something he believes in dennis knows it too yeah. um so i mean it's been something that it's amazed me that it still hasn't taken off as much in a market like charlotte and some of these other ones that i feel like it should have it, it, it i boil it down to it's just change and speaking yeah. of crawl spaces when we get to crawl space confessions later on in the show i got a funny story oh this guy's <laughs> prepared um, yes but um <laughs> it, it, it's all about change. I mean, like, right. Ten years ago, when I was doing sales training, because that's that's what I, that was my job is to try to convince people to sell Douglas. There was all you had to overcome. Well, nobody wants that that thing on the wall, right? Or yep. you know, no one can afford this per ton because they try to break it down cost per ton, and whatever objection they could come up with, it's it is about change. It's not about they don't trust it or any of that. It's just, they don't understand or want to embrace change. And I've, I've, I've lived through, well, I got into the business right as we were getting 
away from eight sear. So ten sear was like a, the new minimum standard when I got in. Breath of fresh air. And 12 sear was like super high efficiency and 14 sear, you had to be a millionaire to afford a 14 sear. Um, so, and now we're, we're, you know, that was yeah, R22. Now we just eliminated original 14 sear. Correct. Now, now it went from R22 to 410 and nobody wanted to move to 410. And, you know. Now you just got to be a millionaire to get 15 yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The whole so depending on, on where you're at, you may not be able to get 15 after uh, with, right. <laughs> that may be a, that may be outlawed. Yep. So, yeah, it, I it, think uh, guys want you know they want you got an owner of a company that's in a market that he sells a lot of 14 sear changeouts. You know, well, last year he did, and he's got guys that know how to put it in. It's got a contactor. It's got a couple parts. They can trace where stuff goes and how it comes on. And he's he's moving and shaking. He's making money. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start throwing in two-stage and his mid to high sear stuff. Well, first of all, homeowners are asking him, no, I want this. Do you have this? And he's like, well, I, you know, I can get you that, but you right. really need it. You know what I mean? Yep. That so guy is where we, we still have a ton of those out there. No doubt. Ten again. I'll go back to when I was training on mini splits. We did a survey of uh, you know contractors and to find out why they were selling them. You know, for the guys who were selling them, why are you selling mini splits? And it came back that they were only selling them for three reasons. And the number one reason was the homeowner specifically asked for a mini split. Yep. <laughs> right. And commercial it all like, something yeah. it was like my neighbor had one or i was over in whatever island and i yeah. want this in my bedroom because back then it was bedrooms offices but you know it was you know spot cooling yeah. basically well that's still here it's still we're at. yeah places yeah correct the the number two the the number two reason was is they tried everything they could and they just couldn't get duck work in the spot that they needed <laughs> to go and so we called right. that the kicking and screaming cells <laughs> I don't want to do this, but this is exactly what I have to do. Right. Uh, so, yeah. And then the third one was, hey, this this might be a better option. But, yeah, the homeowner asking for it and kicking and screaming was the were the two <laughs> leading candidates of why they sold Douglas. Even the guy that sold a bunch of it, that's why he sold it. Well, also, okay, so let's get into some products that yeah. you're on the mini split side that you're <laughs> – pretty proud about you know, yeah, so, so, you know i was so, gonna say jumping in real quick too that's also part of um what our booth visit at ahr is about is looking at um how rector seal is kind of a a real good place for the, the mini split contractor as far as different products that are available for use from the handy dandy mighty bracket to everything else sure so you know when um when I got the call, I was looking for a job to try to get myself up into um, Chicago. Um, and so I got a call from a buddy who was like, hey, there's a company looking for a regional sales manager in the in the mid upper Midwest. And so I'm like, okay. I'm like, who is it? And they're like, Rector Seal. And I'm like, Rector Seal? What? And so I don't know about you guys. But dang near killed her. Sorry. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> right. So as, as we like to joke internally, it's the most abused uh, corporate name in the, in the industry. But when I, that? when I thought about Rector seal, 
you know, five more than let's say six years ago, I thought of like three products and they all had, they all came in a can and they all yep. got, oh, on, yeah. and they all put, got either put on gas pipe or PVC. Yep. And that's kind of what I knew about Rector Seal. Um, I sold a little bit of, uh, some of their products, but Rector Seal to me was a pipe thread sealant solvent cement company. And that is their bread and butter. That is the, the lineage right. of Rector Seal. But over the last 10 years, the company has pivoted to go hard into the HVAC segment of the business. And probably over the last, well, at least five years, maybe six years, has really focused in and invested strongly in the what we see as the future of HVAC in the ductless side of the business. So Mighty Bracket is a, is a product that we have. It is a, for a lot of people it's an installation tool so we, we we like to say it turns a two-man installation into a one-man installation right but i like to remind service guys is you the service guy never has a partner right the, oh, old, man. the old adage yep. when, I, when i was joking is installers travel in packs and service guys travel alone so if you need there's nothing service, worse than working on a mini split by yourself correct and if you nothing have to take that thing off your wall then you need a mighty bracket that yep. thing will save your hind from all kinds of trouble because nothing worse than dropping it and having to buy a new one. Right. So we've got that product. Um, I know we want that is probably one of our first initial launches into the mini split line. That I was going to say, when did that launch? Was that so? It's a it's a product that they buy. So one of the things about Rectorseal is some of the products are, are birthed in house, where we you know we take it from. Uh, conception all the way to production and then other times there's a guy out in the street that had a great idea that kind of built it in his garage and he's selling it to local contractors and rector seal helps him or, you know they partner right. or they, they they acquire him and they take that product nationwide so you know that's cool there are like some really that. good products regionally that just don't have the the means or the the bandwidth to go full scale Cause it's all about scalability at yeah, the end of the day. All that stuff too. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, a guy in Charlotte could make a great curb, right? If he can't scale it to get it into, you know, Los Angeles or Seattle, he's, he's a regional player at that point. And right. so what Rex, what Rectorsil enables some of these, uh, what, what inventors or, you know, these engineer types is to take their product and scale it so that it now can go nationwide. Mighty Brackets, one of those products, um, our safety switches, which I'll talk about in a minute, or, or is a couple of those products. But yeah, it we like to buy products that are useful and make the job easier. Our you know our task is to make the installers and the service guys' job as easy as possible. So flare tight, you know, if you talk to any service guys or any installers and you ask them what's the number one problem with mini splits, they'll say it's the leaky flares. Yep. Um, <laughs> And Flare Tide is one of those products that solves that problem. Now, in the last couple of years, I've noticed everybody's on the train to make a good flare, whether it be yep. this tool, that tool. Um, it's a big push because that is a. Yep. I well, mean, that's the only issue I ever have with a mini split, honestly. Right. Or guys don't own a torque wrench, one, two. Well, or yes, what you mean, yeah. what we used to call it, Grillatite. Grillatite's yeah. good, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's, I mean uh, the copper it's, was turning. The whole pipe was turning. It's got to be tight. 
correct. Tighter is better. You know, the, right. the old adage is I, 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 when I got into it, before we got into, you know, where they would less specific torque wrenches, it was hand tight quarter turn. That was like the rule of thumb. Right. Um, maybe you're close on the torque, maybe you're not. But, you know, then we get into torque ratings where you should have a torque wrench. And you've got the old school, and I blame it on the old school, um, you know, the beer can cold crowd, where yep. they just want to crank it down. And I've seen guys, like you say, twist the copper line. Like, like the line's got a twist in it. And, they, and they're like, this thing is still leaking. Like, yeah. Well, no, it yeah, it actually you, you just have, got worse. Have, <laughs> it just got worse now. Yeah, you have busted the flare is what you've done. You don't yeah, understand split. metal on metal. Um, so what the flare type does is it creates a, it's a gasket basically between the copper and the, uh, typically it's brass fitting on the, the male side and it creates a, uh, creates a gasket and it fills in any irregularities or any micro, uh, fissures that may be in the flare. So now are those reusable or that? No, I, you know, it's like everything. Okay. (laughs) I'm saying you break something loose. You can't keep that one on there, right? No. There are certain things. There are there are a few products in your life you shouldn't renew or reuse, <laughs> and you can use your imagination. They they can be rinsed and reused, but you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. And, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So sorry, right, I, I got it. Yeah. So no, I, once you once you tighten it down, you've you've basically flattened the ridges and flattened the uh, the curvatures out of it. For the for the four or five dollars that this thing is going to cost, you should probably just get another one. Okay. It's not That's worth clear. a trip. It's not worth a trip to the doctor to find out there's a baby involved. Hey, look, I, I was in tech support. Somebody's going to ask that question. So I went ahead and threw it out there. <laughs> True too. Exactly. Yeah. No, nothing like to tech support where they say, can I do this? Yeah. And your answer is, can you, or should you? Oh, those man, are two I have that answers. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or let me just get your opinion on this. I'm like, I'm hanging up. Exactly. My opinion up. is uh, we're, we're done talking. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, one of the flare tight. And then we also launched um, a, a set of tools called ProFit. So, and in that is a, uh, a we've got a bit that uh, will actually create a flare using heat. So one of the things that we've learned through flaring is when you take a piece of copper and you flare it, it's typically it's cold so or you know room temperature and when right. you flare it there there are micro freeze uh, fissures in there so there's small little cracks under a microscope that the gas will try to find their way out of but if you do it under heat uh like they do at the factory when they when they pre-flare the copper line sets and you use it with a drill bit this one you just stick it in let it heat up and it just slides in 10 or 15 seconds you can have a nice little smooth uh almost annealed it doesn't quite get to the annealing point um but right. it is a nice smooth flare i will warn everyone if you do that wear a pair of gloves on the on the hand that is holding the copper because that copper is it is gonna get hot <laughs> yep i've used that a few times i do like those yeah and, and we've got that in the uh, flare and then we also have in a swedge so that you can eliminate you know one one fitting to uh to solder on and then, of course, the uh, the creme de la creme is uh, let's just do away with flares because everybody hates those things, and let's just do a push fit fitting, and just yes, you know, do a smooth cut, uh, clean the copper, push it in all the way, and 
you know, push it in and walk away. And then on the indoor and outdoor side, we have a, a fitting that basically bolts right onto the male version of the, uh, the flare. So the male, male body. So I've had, I've had some contractors that big, big mini split guys, uh-huh. um, putting them in two to three systems a you know, a week, if not every week, every day of the week. Right. And <clears throat> their it thing is now, well, yeah, they're, they're unboxing, you know, they're, they sold the job. Mm-hmm. They're staging it in the, in the warehouse or in their shop and they unbox it, put those fittings on, torque them to spec. Okay. You just got one torque wrench in the shop. So <laughs> right. they, they, they torque are, it. Those torque wrenches can, can make or break your company. <laughs> So they torque it to spec, right? Put the box back on, send it out with the installer, and then they just run the line down and just push it in. Yeah. And it's like, man, if I was back in the field now, yep, I would invest in so much of this. If I was doing mini splits, I would not be making a flare. I'm just going to be honest with you. Correct. It, it is. It is. You know, when they say what what could go wrong and how could we make it so that it doesn't go wrong, this is one yep. of those solutions that it could go wrong and this is a simple solution to make it so it doesn't go wrong not only will they do it on mini splits but on a, a unitary system I've, I've had some contractors because on the unitary system you have that body that all already has the bell on it right right mm-hmm. and so what they will do is in the shop they'll have you know the guy we'll call him george who's been there for 60 years and he knows how to solder <laughs> yeah uh, without using a whole stick of silver solder yep um he'll swedge on and solder on the stub that has a piece of copper and the coupling with the push fit. And now yep. you go set that unit and the guy doesn't have to, uh, he doesn't have to do any soldering on the job. So you don't have it. You don't have a torch on the job site in big cities. It's a big problem because in some places, um, like if you're in a commercial application or in some places, I'm going to say Boston might be one of these, uh, you do a torch in a house, you gotta have a, like a, a burn inspector. Burn permit or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. And that guy. So I was talking to somebody on the. What's that? Yeah. What's that pay? What's that guy? I, yeah, I don't know what that guy pays, but he gets paid like two hours just to sit there and watch your watch your uh, <laughs> watch the thing so it doesn't catch fire, and then he goes to the next job. I'm like, huh? That is a. When I retire, that's what I want to do. I just want to be a bird sweet gig. Yep. There you go. Now, when I retire, I'm going to be a marshal on a golf course. That's just what it is. <laughs> oh, I want to be an HVAC inspector. I'm just kidding. I don't want to be. No, you, no, not it. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be one in Georgia. Let's do that. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody it, in Georgia is listening. Nobody gets anything inspected there. So well, <laughs> inspections are optional. That's uh, right. That's, that's what I've heard. Yeah, just like uh, you know, just like uh, proper airflow is optional. It's good air. It's, it's good. It's good. It's good. I can feel it. I can feel some coming out of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I used to, so, you know, we started with the wall units and then all the ductless manufacturers went into uh, making a little, I call them a pancake unit or a little small ductless, yep. ducted Same unit, right? Ducks. Yeah. And that thing will handle like 0.01 static. Like it handles no static. Like it, it needs to basically <laughs> free breathe. It's just free return, free supply into this one room. And I would get guys calling and say, Hey man, this thing, it, it's just not cooling this room down. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Uh, you know how much airflow are you getting out? Oh, we're you know it's on, it's running. I'm like, I don't, that, how, that doesn't like, answer the question. But so how much <laughs> air are you getting? Well, I don't know. 
I'm like, well, you need to go measure that. And I'm like, how long is your duck run? Let's just start there. Oh, well, you know, I put it over the at, I put it over the garage, and the master bedroom is you know 48 feet away, and it's a and it's an eight inch run. And I'm like, dude, you're only that that air's only blowing like 12 feet, and then it's stopping. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a so there's a couple I won't name brands, uh, yeah. but there's some mini split brands out there that have the duct ducted units, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the air handlers, and you got to be careful. Look at you got to look at the models because some of those, yep, yeah, it's they're high static versus the regular, right? Well, and now with their max static might be like literally on the blower chart, might be 0.4. Oh, it's <laughs> like, it, I don't, it's point oh, I mean, yeah, it's point three. I mean, yeah. like on a like a normal air handler, like sure. I said, I don't want to get brands, but you know, there's two different models. I mean, you yeah. got to be careful with that when you're quoting them. Yeah, I got out right when I got out of that. that from working for the manufacturer right as uh, most of them started launching the upflow horizontal what basically looks like a traditional fan coil right um, and you know it i think that's where we're we're headed we're headed towards some ductless units that'll have a, a combination of a, a, a head in the master bedroom a head over in you know maybe kids rooms and then an air handler feeding the you know the common spaces and I think we're, we're moving that direction where we're going to start to zone, not with dampers and, and uh, air volume, but with individual refrigeration controls in each of the rooms. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I was going to ask if you're seeing that up there where it's new construction with mini splits. Are you seeing that? I see commercials, you know. So where the where the mini split will go in a new construction around here is in the uh, the game room or the bonus room that's maybe above the garage right. or or in the basement oh you want to do the basement well we're going to put a mini split down there or you know your, your master bedroom they may put a, a ducklets but a ducted unit over there so it's on its own controller but not seeing a whole lot of whole house and that that was always the if, if you want to object to a mini split just use the word whole house in an area that gets to minus 30 because um, then they're like well you're never going to heat with that and i'm like you know you, you're, you're probably actually never going to heat with that at minus 30 you should probably have something right. that lights my my joke in my sales presentation was if i lived in in fargo north dakota everything i owned would be made out of wood just in case <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean we had a you know we had uh ben on the show the other day and he's pushing well you know everybody's pushing electrification yeah yep yeah doing away with gas stoves now so you know hunkering on your gas stoves yeah (laughs) i mean the i heard the other day the fossil fuels are they they give you a date on when it's run out like when it's going to run out like literally and i want to say it's 50 years Where's, I don't know what the, riding the producer needs to Google that, but I can't. I can't it was Google kind of that. a long, it was a long way, but then it, it wasn't really that far off. I, I mean, so my, again, so as I, maybe I look, I didn't tell you my background, but my dad was in the oil and gas industry. So he hit one of his jobs was to find natural gas wells out in the middle of nowhere in right. West Texas and whatnot. And he and I have had several conversations and, and he was like, there's enough natural gas to power this country basically for the next right. 150 years. He goes, oh. the, he goes, these, these things about we're going to run out of natural gas, or we're going <laughs> to run out of oil in the next 20 or 30 years. He goes, that's if we stopped pumping any more out. 
and we're not going to Yeah, do it's that. if we stop. Right, yeah. I got you. But we're yes. not going to stop pumping. If you don't stop pumping it out, we don't run out. Um, so, I, so, that makes sense. Let's see. According to the MAHB, not sure what that is. We'll According to WebMD. Yep. The wor- <laughs> hey, exactly. The world's oil reserves will run out by 2052, natural gas by 2060, and coal by 2090. Yeah. What's funny is they... And then they bitch about using coal for power. Right. Hey, you know, according to this, we got much more time with coal than anything else right, right now. Well, so the, the catchphrase in there, and then maybe, and I'm again, I'm going to speak because I've had a half a glass of Granddaddy's 114, um, is the key phrase in there is oil reserves. That is what we already exactly. have. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's already sitting out, oh, yeah. hanging out. That's not yeah. what hasn't been extracted. That would be like that would be like you said. Hey, I look at your checking account right now and say, at this rate, I'm going to be out of money by you know May the fifth. <laughs> okay. Right. Here's here's a good one. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll never run out of oil. Right. When will we run out of oil? Fifty years? One hundred? As it turns out, we may never actually run out exactly. of this incredibly useful substance. <laughs> right. That's another Google yeah. search. Yeah. Well, that oh, guy right. didn't go to the right college and get trained in the right manner of speaking. That was not a liberal <laughs> oh, yeah, arts this degree, is, uh... sir. <laughs> but, yeah, right. So I, I, I promised my wife that I would not talk politics. So it, I'm sure that that guy went to a reputable com, uh, college somewhere in the South. In the South. <laughs> yep. Next, we're going to be three million stakes. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. I want to get your take on... Uh, surge protection so yeah so surge was one of those things that uh rector seal kind of uh i wouldn't say we fell into but we weren't involved in it at all when i when i got on board uh five years ago and there was a company that uh, developed a product and needed a means to get to market we partnered up with them and we launched a series of surge protection and one of the things that i've learned about surge protection since um we've we've launched it is that uh, surge is not what you would think of as lightning strikes, uh, which is what most people think about when they think of surge. They think, well, lightning strikes or, uh, you know, my house is going to get near strike. That's a small percentage of the the overall surge. Surges happen because your neighbor turned off their air conditioner or your refrigerator went off and on or a transformer a mile away had a switching mechanism that went wrong. It's anything that has an electrical disturbance can cause a surge. And according to certain research that's out there, that's what takes out a majority of the boards. Is not that uh, the boards are bad or that the manufacturer of the boards were bad. It's that the board has basically died by a thousand cuts. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you've ever seen a burnt board, and I've seen plenty in my life, um, there's always that one terminal that is uh, like, it looks like it got it heated up and it ran and it arced across a couple of different contacts. Right. And you're like, well, that's weird. How'd that happen? Well, it happened because that solder that was on there from the factory heated up somehow and ran across and touched another one and then it arced out and then that board is now toast. Well, the question is, what caused that to heat up? And speculate, it's, it's surges. It's little micro surges that just keep happening over and over and over again. The heat builds up, and then it, we, we take out a board. 
they're misters on mini splits they're misters on any of the the communicating products because you get sensors and thermistors everywhere in those systems highly right. susceptible and so we launched a series of surge protection with the the goal of one protecting the product as best we could and two making sure that the surge itself was robust enough to um um you know survive you know near catastrophic uh, events like lightning strike anybody that sells a surge protector that says it's going to survive a lightning strike is is blowing smoke because it, it's not right. nothing survives a <laughs> literally <laughs> and it's and technically i've never i've never actually had to try to sell one saying that the surge protector itself will survive lightning the whole point is hopefully it sacrifices itself so the unit doesn't have to correct but i'm just telling you if there's a lightning strike in there that 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 power is going through everything it's going to take mm -hmm. everything out with it so um what ours does is we incorporate a, a third product so not to get too technical and bore everybody, you know, like Bill Nye, the science guy here, but every surge protector has an MOV. That's that's your surge sponge. So that's the device inside the surge protectors that absorb the surge. UL, because, you know, what we don't want is have a surge protector heat up and catch a house on fire. So UL yep. said you have to put something that turns that MOV off if it gets too hot. And that is a thermal fuse, thermal protector, something in that, uh, surge protector that will flip that MOV off. And so you'll hear the term one and done a lot, right? Oh, it's yep. one and done. Well, it is because if the MOV or the fuse goes off, it will kill the MOV. So they're all one and done. Once that fuse is done, it's done. Well, what we did is we added a third device. It's called a gas discharge tube. It's an inert gas that sits on the back of the MOV and that works as a heat sponge. Uh, it's a it's a it's a borrowed technology from ancient times way back in the day when we had rotary phones is the way the story goes um but the, the the gas discharge tube keeps the mov from getting too hot and so it can take numerous hits over and over and over again and the heat that builds up in the mov is immediately discharged into the gas discharge tube which means the mov lasts longer and the fuse never pops so the our most popular product is the RHS 50. It's got a lifetime warranty. You know, we've we've tested it in the labs and hit it, hit it, hit it again and again and again, and it just does not pop. And that's that's the genius of the company that made that that we partnered with. That's a U.S. based company, and their only sole business, all they do is search protection. Um, and you'll see if you come to our booth at AHR, you'll see a nice little booth as I pour myself another one. You'll see. Right. We, will, we will definitely be there. At I'm actually looking at on uh, Tuesday. I'm yeah. looking at the RS. <laughs> so, and you'll get right uh, you'll get some surge protection uh, knowledge. So you know, uh, hopefully the guys Fred and I think his name's Corey. They they will embark on you some surge protection knowledge. I know just enough to make myself dangerous. You know, <laughs> I do have a so I did get a BS degree. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. I got one of those too. I can regurgitate the best information if you give it to me in a simple format. So we've so we've, have you have you guys noticed the power? I mean, with you messing with it and, and talking with these guys, is power just kind of getting worse on the dirty side? Yeah. So, so there's there's dirty power, which um, is is one thing, and then there's just fluctuations and right. Uh, you know the 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 up and down, up and down. Uh, 
voltage is just, it, it is getting worse. And when the power grid gets stressed to the limits, not that we have it here in my little suburb where we are, but there are parts of Chicago where in the middle of summer, they will actually send you a text alert and say, hey, FYI, we're about to turn your power off for the next three hours. Yeah, going down. <laughs> yeah, you're you're going down, right? Um, because if they don't, you're going to be running in, in a brownout condition, and there's nothing worse than uh, a brownout condition. It'll take out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Which is why we, we launched a product uh, voltage range monitor, which actually monitors the voltage. The contractor gets to set the range. And uh, Dennis, I know, you, I know you're on the tech side and, Right. Yep. And we just we just got those this week. Every we, piece, yeah, every piece uh, of equipment that is sold in the U.S. has a uh, installation instruction, and inside that installation instruction, it'll tell you what the voltage range for that particular compressor is, or that particular outdoor unit is. Right? right. It could be absolutely the, correct. So it could be a one ninety four, it could be one ninety six, it could be one ninety seven. But there's a there's a range that it wants to see at the low end side, and there's a range it wants to see on the high end side. Well, with this with this uh, voltage range monitor, the contractor gets to dial that in, so they can put it at one ninety. If it says it's one ninety five, then he puts it at one ninety six, and we never get there. If it gets below one ninety six, we kill the power, save the unit. Um, nice. It, they get to tell it how long it wants to be off, and uh, you know, say three minutes or so, and then if everything returns, it comes back on. Homeowner probably doesn't even know what's happening. Right. When we field tested this, we sent it out to a few of our reps and had them put it on their outdoor units at their house. One of the, one of the reps came back and said, hey, I, you know, I went and checked it because it, it records it. So it lets you know, hey, you've had X amount of low voltages and X amount of high voltages occurrences. It doesn't record that. It doesn't date stamp it, which would be super cool if it time, you know, did a time and date stamp. It just records that it occurred. And this one particular rep, you know, didn't think he had any issues and he put it in. And I want to say in a week, maybe it was two weeks, he came back and he's like, I've had 10 instances of low voltage. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that I was occurring low voltage. So I need, I need to have a conversation with my utility company now. Well, I was going to say, I was I was in, I think, Greensboro or somewhere, part of North Carolina. I'm in, the, I'm in their warehouse. I'm doing some training just in these guys' shop. I got my step-up transformer. I was like, yeah, you know, you got, a, you got a decent outlet around here. He's like, yeah, here's a... This one's just on a 20 amp breaker. I'm like, all right, I plug it in. I got 195 volts going <laughs> to my training system. Right. And he's like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, my step up transformer, you know, it's usually 230, 240, right. 238. And, uh, of course, you know, this was an inverter system I was training on and it, it did fine. Cause it's, I think it's 175 on the low side, but which is crazy to me. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, but that's inverter, more. right? Inverter technology, you know, it it doesn't, man, it just doesn't like that. I've worked on some other, I've trained on other brands, and you start getting in the 250 range, and they're like, no, not well, we having had, it. We had that one in Wilmington that kept jumping over, what, 253 is what top end used to be yeah. for, isn't that what it was, I think? And that thing was, was spiking. Once we uh, realized it wasn't level in the attic, that was problem number one. Uh, but yeah, we've yeah, seen that. some weird power stuff. I know you. Well, you saw some weird power stuff with a bunch of commercial stuff here in Charlotte too. Yeah, there's just parts of the state that are just really high on the it, voltage. 
and it's 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 everywhere across the country. Anywhere where the right. uh, and I'd say anywhere anywhere who has a power grid probably has a power grid issue. Now, right? Donnie, are you seeing are you seeing more HVAC contractors putting these in from the jump? Are you seeing more guys go back and retrofit with it, or are you actually seeing electricians at all doing using them? So, Tucker, your first one first. So, guys who are proactive, right? So, as as in right being a TM, right? Your your oh, yeah. your A, your a oh, yeah. con, your A contractors, right? The guys who are selling up and who actually have intentional sales process and are not writing their bids and quotes on a, a bar napkin or you know just texting the homeowner, hey, it's thirty eight hundred dollars. The guys who have an intentional process are putting them on the installation as a standard feature. You get an outdoor unit, condenser, pad, surge protector, line with, you know, it's part of their package. Right. Um, some of the other contractors, I'd say they're using them if, if the homeowner says, hey, well, so-and-so said I need a surge protector. They're like, oh, yeah, I can add that too. Um, right. And then the really, really good contractors um, are using them on a service side. So you got a service technician. Okay, so Dennis, here's a here's a, here's a hundred thousand dollar question. If you're in the South and it's the middle of July and you have a service call for no cooling, and you had ten dollar bet, what would be the number one thing you'd place your bet on that's wrong with that outdoor unit? Um, capacitor. There you go. It's a capacitor. <laughs> the capacitor. Or I was gonna say utility company has got it shut off. <laughs> right now, yeah, it's probably the capacitor, right? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. they are gonna show up. That capacitor looks like a you know a fat tick on a bulldog. And so the question is, why did that capacitor go bad? Well, it's a cheap Chinese crap. They've been making those things in yeah. China for, you know, more than a decade now. There, there's a reason why that capacitor went bad. More than likely, it has sustained hundreds, if not thousands of mild surges. And it mm -hmm. finally right. just said, I am done. I'm done with this and it pops so the good contractors will go and they'll say you know because you know change the capacitor it's however many dollars it's it's not worth your drive across town to change the capacitor nope you gotta nope. you gotta put a service fee you gotta do other stuff so a good service uh contractor will say how about i sell you a surge protector how about i put a voltage monitor or how about i sell you something so that this doesn't happen again yep and that's where we're seeing a lot of them now to your point on the electrician Certain parts of the country, once it leaves the uh, the panel, uh, you you have to have an electrician. I mean, there there are certain parts of my territory where oh, yeah. the HVAC contractor doesn't even put in the disconnect. Like I have a I have a here. That's where we're at. Yep. I mean, yeah. I have unless, a, you, unless you go and get the little addendum to your license. Right. I had a part of my territory where they weren't allowed to wire in the twenty four volt thermostat wire. You had to get an electrician to do that. They got that finally got that superseded where i bet that went over well oh my, well basically what so what contractors were doing was you you had and you know we'll call him george again george had his electrical license he worked for bob's heating and cooling and yep so we don't need an electrician on our job we have george he works in the office we've we've got <laughs> when i say we i've got a big big customer and i think they have eight or nine electricians on staff just for HVAC hookups. That's it. Yeah, that's they don't all. They do any electrical. All their plumbing, mechanical, yep. and that's it. 
Yeah, and in some uh, in some some places, you, that guy doesn't even have to go to the job. He just has to be. You just have to have that license assigned to that business. Yeah. Like I said, they, there were some good gig. who were retired that right were, were working for companies that they never, their shadow never graced a job site. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's a good gig too. Speaking of speaking of, yeah, if you got the license, I mean, might as well sell it. It's yours until right. you die. That's right. Um, but and, you know that's so surge protection has been a, a really big product for us. It, uh, you know, I can't can't give in any numbers, but it has become one of our top priority products. Well, equipment where equipment's heading, we got to have it. Yes. Right. Yeah, the more electronics, the more sensors, anything that you add to that outdoor unit or indoor unit, you're going to have some issues. I've got a surge protector on my outdoor unit, and I got a surge protector on my gas furnace uh, in the basement. So, yeah, I've, I've, there's some companies uh, around Charlotte that they they do push it hard on the service side, and that's I think they typically sling more doing that yeah. than they do. I mean, obviously they offer it on the install. Sure. But, um, yeah. And they're changing too. You know, the ones I was putting in several, several years ago were just kind of pretty basic. Right. So you but get the one something. and done. So again, if they don't have that yeah. third gas discharge tube, what'll happen is the surge will work up until the point where the MOV gets hot and then the thermal fuse will pop and then it's, you know, it's done. Um, yeah. The worst case scenario is the ones that wire in in series or you know, so that if it pops, that it kills the outdoor unit. So now in the middle of June, you don't have a surge protector because it popped and then you also don't have air conditioning. So somebody Eesh. comes and wires that in. Most of them, it just falls out of line and you still have power. You still have uh, power to the equipment. You just don't have any surge protection. Now, does y'all's cover any kind of, I've seen some that have the uh... downstream protected. Well, no, as far as the, like, insurance yeah, warranty. Yeah, it's downstream. So anything downstream from the surge protector is protected. There you go. Yeah, so it's, you know, three or five years, depending on the model, you know, 3,000, 5,000. And really what that does is it ensures the homeowner, um, because if, it's, let's say that it, it, you have it in, installed and it takes a, it takes a, you know, it fails and the outdoor unit gets smoked, um, they're going to file a homeowner's insurance claim because it's going to be multiple thousands of dollars more than the, yep. and what we're going to do is we're going to cover the deductible. So the homeowners right. will be out no money. Um, and it's a quick, easy process. There's very little paperwork involved. One of the nice things about Rector Seal, everything we have straight out of the box, no matter the product has a three year warranty, uh, to the homeowner, to the contractor. And there's no paperwork involved. Like we don't, we don't require a whole bunch of uh, justifications. We don't need you to, you know, uh, you know, take the blood of your firstborn son and, and you know, process it. <laughs> we, we basically say if our product failed and you put it on our pro and you put on your project, you you show us that it failed and and we're there to help you. Um, so. We, we've got an across the board minimum three year warranty. And then we have some products that have five years, some products that have 10 year, and then we've got some products that have lifetime and all of them are start. no registration required. Well, so while we're on that, yeah. just on a side note with anything HVAC, what do you think about warranty? You think everybody's moving in the direction that let's just put like, let's say equipment, let's just put 10 years on it. Mm -hmm. Or are we, you think we're going to get away from registering anything or what are you thinking? 
So it, you know, so as a there's there's a couple of ways of looking at it. When I got into the industry, and I hate to go back, the the longest warranty you could get on any compressor was five years, right? Right, and then everybody went to ten years, and and contractors freaked out. Contractors were like, Shh, I'm never going to sell another piece of equipment. You've got a ten year warranty on this stupid thing, right? And then you know, then everything. I mean, sh- sh- I almost cussed the. Uh, you almost had to bleep me there. Oh. <laughs> Um, no bleeps here, sir. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, this isn't Jim. And we're not on uh, this day. The uh, FCC is not listening in on us. No. No. So not yet. And now even the, your base models have basically a 10-year warranty. Um, and, in you you know, I used to joke, a lifetime heat exchange, <laughs> lifetime heat exchange warranty. You know what that's worth? It's not worth much because if 15 years, if that heat exchanger is bad, you're getting a new furnace. Yeah, but it's changing your heat exchanger in 15 years. So, short answer is I think we're moving towards more longer warranties with less paperwork. Um, it is a it is a nice uh, advantage to the homeowner. The contractors can use it as a uh, as a marketing tool to help sell more. But right. I can never get the uh, thought out of my head from a contractor in like 1996 ish, give or take, when we were converting over to the 410 and we had a 10 year warranty on the equipment that had a 410 in it. He's like, you guys are basically killing my service industry. <laughs> like my service department is basically the warranty department now. Yep. <laughs> and he goes, and there's no profit in effing warranties. <laughs> well, and I no. think you're going to see the way more and more brands are going to Bluetooth startup, Bluetooth commissioning and all this. And these manufacturers are doing that for a reason. They're doing that so they can just gather more information easier anyway. But, you know, we're going to see more stuff. I think is going to be auto registered as you're commissioning it. They're like, well, it started up. There's no hiding when you put it in now. Uh, Correct. And it's, it's going to God, look at that static. God, that static is high. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, some of the equipment, (laughs) again, like we, we were talking earlier before the show started, this, uh, you know, I've got a rep out in, in, in Ohio that, that, that sells that equipment that you're selling and it'll, it, it registers. I mean, like he can set it up and he's like, Hey, you know, duck works wrong. And I know there's a yeah. couple of brands yeah. out there on their communicating <laughs> systems. Like if you turn that air handler on and your static pressure is like, you know, 1.0, that thing just shuts down and says, you got to fix the ductwork before I turn back on. It says, it says, uh, Ah, what does it say? What does it say on uh, your brand ride? It's not. It. It's some. It used to not say anything. Now it's kind of internal. It'll be like an internal fault or something else. Um, Out of limit. I have a blower out of limit. Um, It says, "Hey, dumbass, (laughs) your ductwork screwed up." (laughs) It says the curtains are not moving. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. you didn't change the ductwork. I, I see what you've done. You've used that ductwork that the guy put in in 1984 for this system. I saved so the homeowner four thousand dollars. Isn't that what matters? Right. So what do you what do you guys think is going to be the biggest the biggest thing at AHR this year? Because there's going this is a this is a big show this year considering what's what all is happening. I mean, I think I think HVAC R and D is going to be the biggest event. Yeah, I think the pod pavilion. pavilion let's go. Yeah, I think the pod <laughs> pavilion on Monday afternoon is probably going to be the the highlight of the show. 
And on Tuesday well, afternoon. Well, I mean, and on Tuesday. Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, technology-wise, like, what do you th- – I know. You don't know. You don't know. So, uh, we're, we were in Atl- – I think we were in Atlanta. I can't remember now. When we launched the ProFit PushFit, right? And it was – a thousand people came to our booth. And not underestimating, not overestimating this, it was like – this is crazy that you're doing a push fit fitting on refrigeration. They'd seen it on the plumbing side, right? Where your maximum pressures are 40 right. PSI. Yep. And we're like, no, no, we're at eight. No, we're 30,000 or what? We're at 870 <laughs> I mean, PSI. And in order to get that rating, you got to be multiple times above that. So we know what the PSI rating for these fittings are. And it was just mind blowing. I remember when they came, came out, through, right? And we're thinking, yep. I, at least me internally and a few of my colleagues were like, we're winning product of the show because there's nothing out there that blew people's minds away like this. And then, of course, we didn't get the product of the show. So, you know, it's all rigged. <laughs> it's all rigged. It's all rigged. <laughs> <laughs> it's rigged. I, we know who to introduce you to. No, just... but, uh, yeah. Um, right. But, you know, it. you never know. Somebody's going to come out with something that'll be really cool. Rector still has some cool products. We've got it. We've you love variable speed, right? You love inverted variable speed. Yeah. We got a yep. mini split yep. pump. I mean, if you want to talk about mini splits and how to get the condensation out of there. Oh, please God. Somebody yes. come up with something for that. We haven't, we it doesn't cost $400. Well, no, they're just, <laughs> but man, we, we have mean, a variable speed auto adjusting condensate pump that goes under your wall mounted unit that you will you, it, the fan blower on the air handler is louder than the pump itself. It is. Well, there's just that whole game is just not good. Like, no, nobody not. has anything, it's man. Tough. I'm telling you, they're either the wiring's confusing as hell, yep. or this it one, doesn't pump, or it's too big, or right. Well, so people, so what they try to do, you know, we have we work with Aspen on our mini split. I was gonna pump. say, is that the yep. yes. Silent the plus. Yep. White. Yep. The right. silent plus. So well, it's not silent now. Well, well. So we had a white one, and the white one's pretty good. But you, people would buy the blue, right? So they'd use the aqua, and yeah. they would try to cram it in because they want to fit it all into the indoor head, right? Well, you've yep. got you've got two line sets, you've got a drain line, you've got you know insulation, and they try to fit all of that. You know, we'll call it three pounds of into a two pound bag, right? Yep, and it just doesn't work. Well, the the white one which hung underneath it quickly became our number one seller. The problem is, is that it, it is that it, it just not it just wasn't super quiet. This next one, the one that we have now, is I mean it's whisper quiet. It is just you cannot hear it run. You, I've I've hooked them up. We've had demonstrations, and that thing. The, the nice thing about it is, as the water level, if if you're humid in your house you turn it on and the water level is uh, condensing really fast and so you get a lot of inrush of water it'll speed up and suck it out but once it drops down it just wants to run at that low speed just like your fan huh um so it speeds up and slows down based on the amount of water that's in the reservoir in the reservoir i should probably have this you know this is one of those things you should probably prep for if you're going to do a podcast is how much water will that reservoir hold um we'll call it a half a cup maybe fourth of a cup it's not much water in that thing because the the idea is that the pump doesn't shut off 
while the, right. while the outdoor unit's running. You want that pump on all the time so that you don't hear the shift in the noise. What we normally hear as a, a change or a loud noise is really just a change in noise. Like your refrigerator's running right now. You don't know it, but when it turns off, you, you recognize that it shut off or it came on. But you didn't know it was running when it was running. Right. So oh, Totally got away from me. Yep. So, <laughs> exactly. So that that that's, that's, that, that, that could be a neat product that we that we're launching at the age. Are we? I was gonna say a lot of a lot of companies. You have no idea. They literally launch it at AHR. Oh yeah. You know. Yep. Well, and then because I've worked for several manufacturers, I can speak to this. A lot of them launch things at AHR that are just not quite ready yet. <laughs> no right. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's our. I've been to those booths. Yeah. I've been to those. Here's our latest and greatest product. It'll be out in six or eight months. That's going to be yeah. pretty much every manufacturer talking about most of their Sear 2 stuff. So here we go. <laughs> Maybe, right? Um, so, yeah. That, who knows? Yeah, this I, is a good year for, for this. There's a lot going on. Well, I think it's our it's our first really full year away from the uh, pandemic scare. And so hopefully we have a full crowd. It um, Atlanta's not my favorite. I, this is probably my... I don't know. Well, of course, you, you want it in Chicago. This is yeah. no, I so Orlando is probably my favorite place. Vegas is actually okay. my favorite because so Vegas is, you know, who Vegas. doesn't like Vegas? Well, it's Vegas. But, um, <laughs> uh, but this is probably like my fifteenth AHR to attend, and it, it'll nice. be pretty good. This this will be a good show. It'll be a, it'll be well well attended. Um, there will be a lot of activity, a lot of buzz coming and going from this show. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I'm me and Ryan subscribe. I, I got a bunch of newsletters I subscribe to and a lot of change in equipment oh, this yeah. year. I mean, a lot, not just knocking off your bottom 14 and moving up, but there's been, you know, there's some evaporator coals that, you know, some new designs there from other brands. Um, we got, you know, ref- refrigerant changes right around the corner. I mean, those, those things are on my phone every day still. You gotta love that, you know. God, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 2025. That's not far off. No, so it's uh. Now, explain. So, who do you have anything to do with y'all's uh, on the marketing side? As far as have you noticed a change on what you guys got to do for marketing? Wait, we. Had, I'm gonna say this because I know they're gonna the marketing team is the only team that's gonna listen to this. I don't, do, do, do we have a marketing team? I, I, oh. I, 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 read, I, I read them. So, so Delisha and Kathy right now, um, I will tell you this. When I started at Rector Seal, um, marketing was an afterthought. We right. were basically a manufacturer that sold to distributors and that was kind of how we, we viewed, they viewed the corporate, you know, viewed the, uh, how, how we went to market. We got some new leadership. Um, hopefully you get to meet those guys. Um, and one of the first things that, uh, was the initiative is we got to do a better job of making sure our products are out in front of the people who want and need to see the products. So you got to yep. market it. And we, we hired, a um, Delisha came on board. She is phenomenal as far as uh, getting things together. I probably hound her as much as any RSM in the uh, in the organization, but it has changed. So we've got a uh, dedicated person on our 
website who make sure that all our products are up to date and the photos and 3d images and that sort of thing we've got somebody right. dedicated to our uh, social media who make sure that we get posts and uh, we ask for comments we ask for pictures of job sites and that sort of thing um, yep. you know we we are as as motivated and as active on social media as we possibly can be i i'd link follow share you know you know whatever the actual term is right. that you can do i try to do that as much as possible and i know some of my other compadres do that as well so it has definitely made a difference as far as how the brand rector seal and some of the products that we sell are viewed because like i said if you go to some old school guys right so you go and talk to a cajun joe right 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 oh, say, yeah. what do you know about rector seal he's going to say it's pipe thread sealant and solvent some pipe dope pipe dope yeah he's going to call <laughs> it pipe, pipe dope he's going to pipe a great dope. shirt dang it and uh you know we're, we're trying to rebrand our brand we i I look at us and I think internally we kind of look at us as we're the Procter and Gamble of HVAC. We have several different brands underneath us. So safety switch, Aspen, um, Hubset, you know, uh, some, some, number five, we privately, not privately, but we brand our products out there so that it fits a specific niche. And then the Rector Seal is the, is the big brand. So we're the, we're the yep. parent company. So. Yeah, it's definitely uh, – me and Ryan talk about it all the time. I would, get on, I would get on Instagram, but I hear they cut people's uh, services and they kick you off. Yeah, I've heard about that. Hell. They will. They'll, uh, yeah. they'll pull the rug out from under you real quick. Yeah. I, I would like you might to, want to drop the old f bomb. Now's a good time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, don't say f. Don't don't say anything. They're, they're listening. If you say anything negative, you'll lose the the other side. My lips are yeah, sealed. Right. This is probably, so you do have one more follower tonight. So, you know, all truth be told, I am not a, uh, Insta, I don't do the Instas. That is, uh, that's for the younger crowd. I'm, I'm over 50. So over 50, we don't Insta. Right. But, um, you so you're just Snapchat. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just all, the, I'm a TikTok <laughs> dancer, man. You got to see me. Hey, we're, we're over uh, there too. Yep. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. You can find us over there. Yeah. My, um, one of the interesting things about my uh, family dynamics is my wife is also in the HVAC industry. So she is now following you guys on uh, Instagram. So you do have one more follower. At there we go. About six o'clock this evening, central time. <laughs> so you, you know, put another notch in your belt, have another glass. Yeah. Tell her sorry for the gym. I mean, I, you're, you're going to get some, a pretty crazy post from me right riding's crushing it over there <laughs> i always tell we get these guys on the show that are running all this stuff on their own right we can we can kind of double team it well so easier. last week i had the most followers on myspace so you know oh man <laughs> god I, th I think i'm pretty sure i like created myspace and like two months later it's like gone I'm exactly like, exactly i'm ready this to kill this friend <laughs> Oh, MySpace. <laughs> yeah. So and Facebook yeah. and then and then somebody said they were just gonna create my face. Between <laughs> That's what my father in law calls Facebook or any of them to this day is like, Have you checked your MySpace or my face? I'm like, What? <laughs> yeah, you're Kristen's <laughs> like, No, Dad. Uh, no. All right, so do you wanna throw out some uh 
I know it's getting late for everybody. Do you want to throw out some AHR stuff as far as where and when and well, come by and see you? Yeah, no, I mean, come by and see us. Uh, I should have written down our booth number. It's like 20. So it is at Booth 2029. 2029, yeah. There you um, go. Here, I'll do a little booth plug number. for you. Yes. So, uh, it's Booth 2029. We'll be there every day, all day. Um, and we will have a, a lot of products on, on display with our not only just our product uh, team, our sales team, and our product development team, but our marketing guys will be there. I think you guys are scheduled to be there. We've got a couple of other um, podcasters um, coming by to see us to talk about some of the products. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize for the crew we bring by there. Probably so. I, so <laughs> here's the thing. I know you guys are, because I listened to your podcast, uh, you know, I, I stumbled across it accidentally while I was flipping the channels. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, liked what I heard, stayed. But, right. <laughs> so I, I, I heard that you guys are taking a group of high schoolers from a, is it a technical yeah. school? Is that what it is? Yep. That's going to be Wednesday morning between 10 and 11. So, yeah. Bless their hearts too. I mean, so you want us to there. drag them over there too? I'm actually excited yeah. about that. Really? I actually, I'm going to find a kid in that, in that group and I'm going to get, he's going to be, he's going to be ready to go. You're going to, you're going to sponsor that kid. Yeah. I mean, spot <laughs> no. he's gonna be ready to go there's gonna be a couple kids in there that are pretty pumped about it I, I, you know i, I want to say there's a couple of things i want to say kudos to you guys you know before we get off kudos for you guys for doing that for the high schoolers because what we need in this industry is more people leaning in to the trades at a younger age the right you know the um you know instant uh, in, you know, the instagram tiktok society says you know you you can make make your money doing this way there's no reason to learn a trade trades trades are never going away you know i don't care no, i don't no, care no. if the computers take over the computer ain't fixing your air conditioner the computer's not rewiring your house the computer's nope. not fixing your drain commode you know like nope. there's never going to be that guy that does that so we're going to need trades no matter what and that's been true from caveman all the way up um the right. second thing i want to say a big kudos and maybe this is a little out of time but you guys do a, a special lead-in. Typically, it's in the, in the beginning on the mental health aspect of yep. being in here. Yep. I mean. You know, Trade Crew, unlike the equipment we install each and every day, life doesn't come with an install guide. As tradespeople, we work in a fast-paced and ever-changing industry, and it's normal to sometimes feel overwhelmed or stressed. And it's not just you. We all have difficult things happen in life, and you are not alone. Whether it's trying to figure out how far you can stretch the only 10 boxes of flex you could get from your supplier, maybe you're looking at changing your job, having a career change, or perhaps you're becoming a spouse or a new parent, encountering any challenge in life can make you feel unsure. There are all kinds of things that are happening in everyone's lives all the time. As installers, for example, we're taught to properly put equipment into service with all the necessary accessories and fail-safes in place from float switches to surge protection to help safeguard that system for your customer against all the things that could potentially go wrong during its lifetime. Why not put that much thought into protecting your own mental health from the rigors of your life? Therapists are the trade professionals of the mind. They're trained to help you figure out the causes of conflicting and challenging emotions and to help you learn productive coping strategies, making therapy the closest thing to a factory tour of the most important piece of equipment in our lives, our brains. 
We're constantly in front of new people with new scenarios each and every day, and it's natural to sometimes feel overwhelmed and out of place. We want you to know that therapy is a positive thing. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to ask for and to seek out professional advice and guidance. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched over 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. It's affordable, and once you sign up, you just fill out their brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if your polarity is off with your therapist, you can easily switch to a new one at any time at no cost to you. Trade crew, I'm telling you, access to therapy cannot be simpler. There's no traffic, no waiting rooms, no endless searching for the right therapist, no awkward feeling while you're filling out paperwork in an office. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash HVACRND. That's betterhelp.com slash HVACRND. That's 10% off at betterhelp.com slash HVACRND. Major kudos for you guys for bringing that to the forefront. There is a uh, there's a major mental health crisis in not only in the trades, but in uh, the male side of the industry where it, it just wears you down and not that. Oh, it's a brutal industry. Yeah. I mean, correct. and so anybody out there that needs a chat, you know, share my, share my, uh, contact with, I, I tell all my friends and I lost a really, really close buddy of mine about a year ago to, uh, suicide. And, you know, it, it is a devastating thing. So not to be a down, uh, Debbie downer. But, no, no, you're good. But you know, it's never as bad as you think it is. And tomorrow is always a new day. So, you know, just go for tomorrow. But right. I, I just wanted to say to you guys, cause I listen to you guys. I'm like, dude, these guys, I mean, you spend a good 15, 45 seconds talking about this. And that is major kudos to you for doing that. It is well, well, I found it well received and it, it, it warms me. So, well, so little little sneak peek, we may or may not can get him on the show. I think we can, obviously, I've, I've heard. But we got a guy that uh, – oh, um, Yep, 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 yep. 20 Tim Minutes is his, uh, is his podcast, and his podcast is all about mental health. Nice. And we're going to get him on the show, but he's got his own little podcast. It's a 20-minute episode, but uh, he's went through a lot. We're going to have him on the show down the road. And uh, yeah, because we're it, it is what it is, man. It's I've been in these attics, I've been in crawl spaces at ten o'clock at night. And I'm just like, well, what it's... is going on here? And then, you know, there's obviously that compiled with what's going on at home, and it's a brutal industry. And Correct. It's there's a lot it of can time. Get to you. Right. There's a lot of time away. You know, there's yep, a, right. it's a, you know, I don't know the stats. It's probably got to be one of the, the, you know, one of the highest. It's the top. <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's right up there, which right. I know we talked about that with, uh, we talked about that with Ben two episodes ago, which Ben HVAC strong is also scheduled to be at Rector seal. He'll be there at 3 PM. on is Monday. Gonna, is going to have, is, is that the, is that the kilt? Kiltmeister, that's, be- that's the man yep. of the kilt right there. Oh, so what you and what you failed now. to ask, what you failed to ask, and I was very disappointed in you guys. I was just going to call you out. <laughs> you failed to ask him what he wears under his kilt. That, that- I thought that was like a rule given. That it was nothing. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Can you say pants him? Can I pants him at the uh, attacker <laughs> awards? Pants kilt him. On the kilt him? <laughs> a, I mean, is he, is he a ginger? Because if you depends him, he might be. <laughs> so. Oh, 
Yeah, I, man, I should have asked it. Yeah, I was like, just, come on, guys. What does your tartan look like, sir? I was, I, I'm, I'm listening to that episode. I'm like, ask him what he wears underneath it. Ask him what he wears underneath it. <laughs> God, it's like, see, that's why we should have put it in the notes. That's true. <laughs> so Remember yeah. to ask Ben what he wears under his kilt. <laughs> We will. I will DM DM him tomorrow. So, and, and I and, before, and I know I don't know if we're running out of time. Do you guys even have a? Time? We're never running out of time, man. We're no, you're good. Long, you talk as long as you want. Oh. You just keep you just keep pouring more fingers in that glass, and exactly. we'll go. There you go. He's got to be out of ice by now. No, no. Here, I can. Oh shit! Uh. I, I don't want to shake it, but. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the funny thing. My wife, my wife brought me more ice. So you know she's she's sneaky that way. It's um, oh, a good lady right there. She's a keeper. Not as a sleep. She, she for is a sure. keeper. Um, one of the things that Rector's Hill did that really accelerated our growth is that we acquired two different grill manufacturers. You know, GRDs are not something that people just get out of bed and get excited about. You know, but right, uh, we we acquired True Air and we acquired Shoemaker, and in doing so, we became the largest uh, GRD supplier in the U.S. and we will have both of those brands on showcase at the AHR booth. So there's a good okay. chance that the grills you have in your house might be from one of those two manufacturers. I'll tell you, buddy, oh. I, uh, I sell yeah, a true air boatload of, yeah, I sell a boatload of true air grills for you. That's awesome. Here. So, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty they, sure that's all I've ever put my hands on in the South down yeah, here. That's awesome. So, you know, I, I, I just wanted to make sure I got that in there. One, my bosses may be listening. They want to make sure I get that in there. And two, it is, it is, it, it really did. Uh, and if you want to get, add gasoline to the fire, that's, that's one thing that can really stoke your business as a, as a manufacturer's get a couple of manufacturers that really own a certain segment of the business. Right. Well, and when, when we moved to true air, I'm trying to think, I think we moved into true air right around when you first came to work with me, Dennis, somewhere right in there. And okay. As soon as we brought in True Air, I immediately, you know, had a lot better access to competitive commercial grills than I ever did before. Yeah. Um, and I sell a ton of, I think they just changed the part number on me. Dang it. I got to go look. But I, I used to sell and I still sell a bunch of the, uh, was it the SD saddles? For oh, commercial? Saddle, yeah, the, the yeah. commercial grill. Yeah. I swear, didn't, didn't they just change the part number of those things though? I, there's one of them they just changed and it jacked me all up the other day when I was trying to find it. It's on a spreadsheet. Hey, right, right, you know better than trying to memorize part numbers by this point, don't you? Hey, man, they they just live up there. <laughs> right, they, they uh, ingrained, ingrained whether they want them to be or not. So you, you know the crazy solid thing. Here's, this is the craziest thing I tell my wife all the time. I can't remember, you know, what we had for dinner last Wednesday night. I can remember the model number of the ten seer condensing unit. From oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> Well, that's what we do, that's man. Like We're in it. And that was that's thirty years ago. I can remember that model over the ten seer condensing unit. That's that spider web factor. Oh yeah. So yeah. So let's. So <laughs> there it is. Dennis and I Spider-way. were talking earlier. So spider web. So again, I stumbled into this industry, and I swore when I got into the into it, I'm like, you know, anytime I get an opportunity to get out of here, you know, I should probably go back and you know use this degree that we paid for. Um, so that, you know, it, we don't look like we just spent a bunch of money at a, at a university for you know, whatever. So I've tried numerous times um, to uh, 
leave the industry and pursue other avenues. And like a spider web, every time you twist and turn and try to get out of it, you just get more impelled and more yep. wrapped into it. Yep, yep, um, yep. To the point where I feel like I've moved, I feel like I've moved twice. Right. So I wanted to get out of it. And they're like, no, no, we're going to keep you into it. And we're going to move you across the country. And we're <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, I feel like if you've, if you've put at least, I feel like if you've put five years in this industry, you might as well stay in it. Right. Well, for you sure. And, and so I've now resided to the fact that the HVAC industry is like the mob and we're all made men and, and there's only one way out. And if you've seen Goodfellas, you know, that way. And it is, yep. it's with a set, it's with a pair of, uh, you know, concrete shoes. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. Exactly. It's, it's, that's the only way you're getting out of here. There's no other industry that will accept you now. Right. I, I feel like we need to, me and Ryan are going to push to get some more, uh, I want to get some plumbers on here. I want to get some machine operators on here. Yeah. yeah so I started because I was listening to you guys, you know, one, I was doing my research to try to make sure that I didn't make a complete uh, fool of myself on this podcast. <laughs> I started listening to you guys and there's a, uh, a different app. What is it? How was it? Hounds, the train hounds, train hounds. So I signed up and downloaded the train hounds. That is, if you need a, the spot to download some images of some really good installs or really good projects. That is some crazy stuff. And yeah. the, the earth. So we do some plumbing. Rector's Hill is also in plumbing. So I, I looked at the plumbing industry and then the earth moving there. Oh, oh yeah. I cannot. Oh, like the heavy machinery that. guys and all oh, my the, God. I'm dude, like, I can't stop watching that crap. I freaking love it. Like the freaking dirt gang here in like an hour from us. I'll watch his Instagram all day because I just love watching all these. Well, they always got one of their little kids up there oh, yeah. driving. Dude, it. I'm just like, how did one, how did you get that machine wherever it is to where it went to? Because those are massive machines. Right. Like, oh my gosh, that is some crazy stuff. It, 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 if you want to kill some time and you want to get a time suck in, that is a, uh, you can get hooked up into that and lose your day. Dang it, I, I know what I am throwing up for Throwback Thursday now, tomorrow, and it's going to be just for Donnie. Okay. Oh, yeah. I got, oh, you, got you didn't get to your, uh, you got a Crawl Space confession? Ooh, yes, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So, Crawl Space, so I've, I've listened to a few of your episodes, and I hear, you know, funny stories about, you know, uh, you know, dead critters in, in Crawl Spaces and whatever, that sort of thing. So. Right. As I mentioned, what however long ago it was, an hour and a half ago, uh, I got into this industry because I went to work for my uncle who owned an air conditioning business in Amarillo. And one of the one of the first jobs that we went on, you know, I hadn't been on the job for probably about a month, was uh, a townhouse where we were going to run ductwork. We were going to do a downflow conversion, so we we're going to run ductwork in the closet into the crawl space to all the bedrooms and then um you know that's where the ductwork was going to go right the, the, i'm a at that point in time i'm i'm five foot ten and at that point in time i probably weighed about 160 170 one you know 80 skinny little dude 
and so I'm the duck rat, and I'm a I'm the attic rat, <laughs> and so yep. I am I'm the guy going into this crawl space that probably was at, at its height it might have been 18 inches, and at, at its lowest it was probably six, and I had to dig. So they sent wow. me down with a little um, campsite shovel. He's like, if you ever hit <laughs> a little, one, you unfold you a foxhole. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Fox you unfold hole. it. So if you get in a, if you get in a spot, dig yourself out and crawl in, and what. My uncle was going to do was go to the bedrooms and cut the, uh, you know, the four by 10 or 10 by four uh, holes out. And he was going to drop the boot down and I was going to run the flex duck over to him and then tie it in. That, that was my job. So mm. the yeah. hole that I had to get down into this crawl space was 10 by 10, 12 by 12 at best. Right. It's in a closet. Wow. And so I drop down into this thing and I'm probably, it's dark as you can imagine. Cause you know, it's dark under these, in these crawl spaces yep. Yep. and I'm, I'm crawling on belly, you know, doing the belly crawl. And all of a sudden I feel something, what's a good moist, we'll call it <laughs> moist. Uh, roll across my belly. Up. Right. Oh, oh God. God. So. <laughs> At about a thousand miles an hour, I jumped backwards probably fifty feet. And as he <laughs> describes it, I came out of the hole backwards, like it was in reverse. Like I don't know how you he said, I don't know how you did a handstand backwards, but I did a handstand and crawled out of that crawl space backwards. Um and I'm like, there is a snake or something down there. And he's like, There's there's no snake. And so he at the time is probably six foot four, three hundred and forty pounds. So he's a <laughs> he big old boy, right? In so he turns upside down and puts his head down in there and flashes a, a, a flashlight down there. And about twenty feet from the hole where I had encountered this moist creature was a was a slug about the size of a, a you know a pencil. It's probably maybe eight, eight inches long. So, yeah. So I rolled across a slug that went up my shirt and it scared this, you know. Hey, understandable. Damn. Yeah. I've well, yeah, you don't know what it is. An eight inch long slug either. Yeah. So it, it scared the beje- it scared the bejeebies out of me, as they say in the South. So the worst thing I've ever had in a crawl space, I'm not worried about critters. I cannot stand to get a cramp in a crawl space. A cramp? A cramp in my leg or something. I mean, where else do you want to be you to get a cramp? I, I don't like a cramp anywhere. I don't know how many times I've gotten a cramp and like raised up and hit my the back of my head oh, on the joist. Or I'm just like, well, you can't, you know, I, I mean, the only way to fix a cramp is to like walk it out. Right. I mean, you can't do that under there. No. So, no. <laughs> No, no, it, no crawling it out. There's no way you just, uh, that's like getting a cramp. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, you just got to stretch it out. You got to man up. You got to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just leave it, leave it, let a cramp just go and it just goes away. Right. If I've ever tried that. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Yeah. So they, 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 um, for the, I don't know, for the next four or five weeks, every installation crew, they're like, Hey, Donnie, you want to go in the, you want to go in the crawl space? I'm like, I'm good. Now I'm trying to quit. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm trying to quit. <laughs> yeah, they're. Uh, I was actually in one last week for a site visit. It wasn't too bad. It was actually one of those where you could almost. You're kind of you could walk in there, but you're bent over halfway. Yep. 
like the, almost the three and a half foot crawl space. Yeah, you're like, okay, so I just get on my knees, and you're like, well, no, actually, I can kind of stand up. Oh, no, I can't. My back hurts. I got to get back down on my knees. It's kind of in the middle. Sucks. Those are the worst. I mean, it's just better. Just be, really? just be low. So I can, when you get on your belly and crawl, people don't look at you like you're strange, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the duck waddle across some of those is, is uh, you know, that's, it's not pretty. It should not be no. filmed. I don't miss some of that. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't miss that at all. That was a. That was, I would say, probably numero uno or numero dos on uh, why I went into wholesale and wanted to get out of the field. (laughs) I think. But hey, when you when uh, I Cajun Joe and I were tired of button heads. (laughs) Oh yeah. And uh, it was it was right at. You know, housing market crash and everything. Oh eight, oh nine, oh ten. When I was getting out of school, so that was right. when I went into wholesale. It was. I mean, you, you tell me, I'm doing a, I'm doing a crawl space change out. You got to get your mind right. You just got to get after it. Yep. Right. Just, let's, um, let's go ahead and get after it and get it done. I mean, there's no sense in trying to ease in there. Yeah. Nope. Nope. There's it's so I've I've done everything from. I've dug the trenches so that you could put the ductwork in the concrete concrete before the slab was poured mm. to uh, doing the crawl spaces to now doing the basement to running ductwork in an attic. And I'm just telling you, there's, there's no easy job. They're all, they all have their hurdles. No, nah, it's a, it's a physical industry. That's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say now I never had to do, I never had to dig trenches amazingly oh. where i was i was gonna say dennis did you ever have to do any of that no, i was gonna say i never yeah so yeah so again amarillo so yeah. everything was on a slab but they wanted a downflow system so they wanted the ductwork in the floor so yep. we had to dig a trench um you know and look like an ant farm so you dig right. the trench n- not with a machine but by hand and then you put the metal ductwork in there and then you put the concrete over so it's already insulated with the concrete so you're good to go um Hmm. Now, did you ever, what was the, or did they ever have issues with rusting out or did you have to use a certain gauge to make sure it stood up? To by the time it, by, time, by the time it rusted out, it's out of warranty. So, you know, it's <laughs> 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 warranty. Yep. You know, so, and I don't know, it, it, I don't know which one of you two guys is older. So did any of you guys ever deal with ammonia systems? I haven't. No, thank God. Go So, so again, when you start doing, you just clean up yard work for your uncle and you're 16 or 17, one of the first things they tell you is, hey, out here is a scrap yard. We want to take all the copper and aluminum and we want to turn it into, uh, you know, turn, go turn it into the recycling thing. But we have to get the gas, we have to get the gas out of it. Okay. <laughs> oh. So just take your hacksaw and just let it bleed out again. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is late '80s, early '90s. Nobody gave a two cents about the environment. It was just we just cut it and let it bleed. Did you know if there's a green <laughs> label on that unit that it's full of ammonia? So uh, when you cut it, you better not take a breath. So yeah, wow, yeah. That you only do that once, as they say. Yeah, you only do it. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> I I don't think I took a deep breath for a week. <laughs> I have worked on ammonia units like on a camper, like helping a buddy, just troubleshooting, fixing, working on like a little rooftop on a 
on a travel trailer or something. Yeah, no, this was this was like a four or five. This was a four or five ton condensing unit that they pumped down and stored all of it into the condensing unit. Nice, just for you, just Just for you, Donnie, just for me. Hey, 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 how about we pump this down? We'll put it in the yard. We'll go tell Donnie to break it down. See what happens. (laughs) Knowing those guys, that, that, that. that probably I don't know that thing had been there for a while, but yes, they did say, "Here's a hacksaw. Go out there and cut these all loose." Failed to mention the oh, fact I, that this one is full of ammonia. <laughs> I remember backing up to our shop. You know, I'm not going to throw anything out there, but I remember backing up to our shop like in the middle of the day. I'm like, I got to run by here and get some parts. God, there is a fog coming out of that door over there. You know, this was like, you know, ten years ago, so it was. R22 or 410. I'm like, up. Oh, somebody's breaking down equipment over there. Yep. One of the bays is what it is. Back in the day, we used to, uh, you know, again, we would, you know, freeze each other with R22. You know, that'd be a fun little, you know, right. Just go behind somebody and squirt some R22 on their leg, freeze the crap out of them. <laughs> um, just stupid shit that we would yeah, do. That was a $10,000 fine. I was going to say, I've got a. Got a video of uh, hitting a snake with some twenty-two to get him out of a unit. Oh yeah, there you go. I've, I've, you ever aired up a tire with twenty-two? Oh yeah, I've, well I have with four ten yeah. or nitrogen. Actually, we use nitrogen a lot. Yeah, so we yeah we you get a little work, know, tire get a little low, you just put a little four ten in it or a little twenty-two <laughs> in it. By the way, don't fill it full because that shit warms up quick. No, in the summer, man, you gotta be. <laughs> There's a ratio there. Exactly. You gotta be careful of that. It's like, <laughs> It, it 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 gets it gets more inflated the further you drive, right? <laughs> yeah, it's genius. You just put a little bit about about two pounds. That's right? it. Yeah, just two pounds. Just a little bit gets you back to the shop. <laughs> then you can let it all back out. I have aired my tire up with nitrogen. I'm on the side of the road in the work van. Like God, I gotta have. Oh, I got nitrogen. I know what I got. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dump it in there, and here we go. Yep. Yeah, we did have we did have one we did have one installer who put just a little bit too much twenty two in there when he was driving back. It, it it will explode the tire. That that tire will pop. Yep. <laughs> now now speaking of since we're on the refrigerant topic, uh, I know this is becoming a hotter and hotter topic. Uh, what are your thoughts, Donnie, about the potential elimination of single use canisters and having to go to trade out refillables everywhere? You know, I. I don't. I, They're I don't have a, hard on it. I don't have a dog in the fight necessarily because you know it's not part of that. But it, it, it it's going to be hard to manage. You know, back when we switched, no joke. This, no joke. So That's when we switched joke. from twenty two to four ten, right? They were like, "Hey, you have to have this log. Here's your book. It's you know one hundred and forty pages. And every right. time you add refrigerant to a system, you have to log how much refrigerant you have to, and you have to keep that available for the auditors who are going to come by and audit your refrigerant use. And we sold them as the distributor. We sold these books. We sold, we sold everything, right? And I'm like, yep. There's not enough government employees to audit every HVAC. No. I mean, no. All they would be doing. So, you know, how we manage that transition. Well, the infrastructure is not. There's no infrastructure for it. I mean, what is every single distributor suddenly going to have to go dig out two holes in the front of their their warehouse and bury two, (laughs) bury essentially uh, fuel cells to. Correct. Pump refrigerant out of kind of yeah. like a gas station, literally. Like yeah, like your like your like your LP station. It it it. I think it's it's a nice, you know, 
in politics or in government, everything sounds great on paper, right? Right. Try to implement it. That's that's the key, right? Yeah. Well, what's in that tank? Yeah, I just recovered all this four tens ish, or four hundred seven C and R twenty two together. Why we all got out of uh, recovery recovery canisters because oh my nobody god. ever put actual twenty two in them. It was twenty two, and what the hell ever well, else was in the oh system? Oh my god! The, the amount yeah, of, it's like that all over again. Yeah, the, the amount of recovery tanks that I've handled in my career, unbelievable. The, you know, and you're like, so this is what? What what do we have in here? They're like, it's twenty two. You sure? And I'm like, and then they would pause. I'm like, nope. Okay. I, by the way, you write it down. The only person that knows truly what's in it is the facility that pumps it out and has to filter it or do whatever they have to do with it. Um, oh yeah. They're probably, yeah. So probably like, when we switched yeah, to 410 to 22, so 22, you, I, I will tell you this. So we used to sell, we used to sell a 30 pound drum of R22 for $26. Tell me, ask me how I know that. It's just that I remember that price. Wow. $26 yeah, for a 30 pound drum of 22. So you got a storage unit full, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> and when we switched to 410, they were like, well, people are just going to recycle. They're going to suck the 22 out of this and go put it in the other side. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a legitimate business. Nobody, yep. nobody <laughs> wasted their time to do that. No. I mean, there, there were people who tried it, but it did not become a, uh, what do they call it on Shark Tank? That was not a long-term success plan. <laughs> well, and you know, it, it goes back to the whole, uh, you're killing my service department here. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My service department is now a profit loss center. <laughs> I think when I, when I went into, when I went to wholesale in 2010, 410 was, I think I would sell pallet prices like 57 bucks a jug something like that maybe right. yeah sounds about right the 25 so 410 was in 25 pound jugs right yep yeah yep. yeah you're like ah it's just all right it's just two dollars a pound or twenty dollars a pound whatever it is now i don't even know what it it's is funny. now I, i'm out of it stupid. so much i don't even know what it stupid is what it is now yeah uh i had a quote of pallet yesterday and it's I mean, are we talking four? It's like four sixty or something. Is it? In some 500? cases, yeah. well, it depends. It, it depends. Ah, it, it went way, way up, and now it's it's starting. To, it's creeping back down again. But then, you know what? What kills me is refrigerant will end up being a a semi loss leader here and there too. Right. But guys will just like all of a sudden, you know, it's it's five hundred a jug, and then you'll see some guy out of nowhere like. Yeah, I'm selling a pallet for three twenty-five a jug. I'm like, I can't even. No one can even buy it for that. Where are you? I was like, well, you've been sitting on this since you bought it at two fifty. Right, you've yeah. been sitting I on mean, this since twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I'll see that all the time, just out of left field. I had I had that happen yesterday. I said, I had three different costs within five bucks of each other from three different manufacturers. Yeah. So and then, you know, I quote this guy. And he comes back. He's like, well, this other guy said he'll do it for this. And I said, man, go buy it. Right. See if he'll sell me a couple of pallets too. I could use it at that cost. It'd be nice. Right. I mean. <laughs> I, but so, you know, you know, again, back in the day, you'd say, here's your pallet price. Oh, by the way, it's good for 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> you know. Same now thing with like copper. It's good for 20 minutes. Yeah. Copper was the same way. It's like, here's your copper price. It's good for about 20 minutes. So. 20 minutes. I mean, literally, it was copper was crazy at, at some point in time in the early 2010s. 
like the uh, the big manufacturers, the Mueller's and the those JMS, those guys, they would send out a daily price sheet. Yep. Like here's, Straight your, here's your price today. Sheets. Yeah. We oh, looked at wow. the futures in the stock market, and this is what we're doing. So. Yep. I mean, as a distributor, just it's hard to it's hard to do business that way. So, as the last side, so. Well, I got to go to the gym in like four hours. So, dude, you're you're a beast, man. <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> oh, I've, I've enjoyed. I, I should have drank that nitro Pepsi. <laughs> you should have. You might have had a little more energy. You're you're a little down today, Dennis. I'm disappointed in you. I just I just wrote it out. Well, you know. <laughs> I, well, I should have got my bourbon out. I didn't know you were bringing bourbon. Uh, so here's here's the thing you know about me. Always come with the bourbon. All right. So we, you should do you, you should do a podcast down in Kentucky and do a bourbon tour podcast. Well, now speaking of uh, mm. speaking of Kentucky bourbon, uh, you need you make sure you listen to next week's show. That's okay, all I'll say just make sure you listen to next week's show. Excellent. Yep. Well, we got it. He's in now. I know. He's... Hook, line, and sinker. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a lifer. Yeah, and uh, he's now. Are you gonna play? I'm old, so gonna... that's not that. By the way, I'm old, so it's not that doesn't mean a whole lot. But I'm alive. So you got to play this back on Friday and make your kids listen to this whole thing. <laughs> well, they, I think they're in the other room listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like, I mean, what what is he doing? My in there? dad's had one too many. He's crushed a whole <laughs> bottle of. Is he working? What is he yeah. doing in there? Oh, by the way, this is what dad. So it, the funny joke was, my kid got asked in school one time, "What does your dad do for a living?" And she paused and she said, he talks on the phone a lot. That's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> heat, heat in an air. Yes. She didn't, <laughs> she had no clue what I did, but she didn't know I talked on the phone. I got my daughter saying heat in an air. Heat in air. Heat in air. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. Mostly the heat comes out of his mouth and goes into the air. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, guys, I'm looking, <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you guys down in uh, Atlanta. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the uh, the time and the opportunity. Really do. Um, I know the marketing team kind of helped set this up, but this is they been did. Kathy and Kathy and Delicia have been awesome yeah. to deal with. Yeah, they, they, they are, did good, they man. Are, yeah, I can't say enough nice words about them and yep. and everything. So, but if you ever, you know, if you if you ever like, oh crap, we don't have a guest, and it's like a Wednesday afternoon, just. <laughs> Text me and I will, f- I will help you fill some time. Nice, <laughs> you did good. It, it wasn't, in. it wasn't a flex seal ad. You did a great. No, job. you know this is. <laughs> but wait, but wait, there's more. <laughs> wait, hold on. Yep, he's like, hold on. I didn't get to talk about my K Flex foam tape yet. We can, we can hook a boat back together with that. Lickety split. <laughs> if you order now, we'll throw in two sets of Ginsu knives. Sweet. I could tell you were worried about it. You're like, man, I want to talk about this product, yeah. but oh, I've got a whole. I'm sure I'm gonna. Here's the thing. <laughs> Saturday morning, somebody's gonna call me and say you forgot to mention, and they'll fill in the blank, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. you forgot 45 of our. I've got ten thousand SKUs. What do you want me to talk about? <laughs> and then right. you know what they say? Well, man, the next time Dennis and Ryan don't have a guest, I will talk about. I'm it. in. Right. Yeah. And I and I, I halfway joke, but yeah, if you ever. If you ever need, because I hate it when you, not that I hate it, but I hate it for you guys when you're like, and we don't have guests today. <laughs> well, we do. Some, I, some nights, it, sometimes know. it's nice because we, he and I don't get to catch up near as much sure. as we used to. So sometimes it's, uh, you know, 
we get to enjoy just catching up a little bit too. Yeah, and I and I will work on my Canadian accent if you need a Canadian guy to fill in too, because I know you got a large Canadian following. We do. We love yeah. our Canadian friends. Yeah. My yeah. boss, my boss said, "Well, it's because you start the show with beer. That's why you got all those guys <laughs> listening well, to you." So we'll have we'll have a we'll, when you come by the booth. There's a couple of Canadians there. So nice. Okay. So we 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 have a we have a very good presence in in Canada as well. So we love our neighbors for the north. That's right. Yeah. Our, uh, what do you say, Ryden? Our uh, what's the A? The A team. A team. That's it. Thanks, in for air. So here's the. So it's funny you say that because our Canadian group. There's three guys that run the Canadian group. All their names start with A's. So I call them the Triple A. You know, when you're in an emergency, call Triple A. I like right. it. So speaking of Triple A. Uh, <laughs> rabbit hole here are they a sponsor now no no but i was talking to uh to one of my customers the other day i was driving down 485 and i looked over and i swear he had just drove past me so i called him got you know got onto the driver's side of his car and was waiting for him to see if he picked his phone up and he did i was like sweet so i I pulled up and he and I were talking, driving down 485 side by side for a little bit till he had to peel off to go to a call. And as soon as he and I got off the phone, uh, he's like, man, you'll never guess what I'm behind. And he sends me a picture and it's a F-250, AAA, uh, electric vehicle recovery unit with a giant generator in the back of it. Oh, here we go. By the way, there's there's a new <laughs> business model, electric vehicle recovery unit. Yep. <laughs> wow. It's a it's a F three fifty powered by diesel engine. Yep, that's right. Yep, and that's what this thing was. It was a nice F two fifty Super Duty. Just huffing black smoke <laughs> yep. out back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Pouring the coal to it. So yeah, if uh, if you guys haven't registered for AHR, please visit ahrexpo.com. Get your registration in. I think uh, I think we're getting close to the deadline of being able to have your passes mailed to you in time. So if it, right, get in there, I get it done. It, it may already be passed, or it may be next week. Uh, sorry, Nicole, I can't remember everything we talked about last week at this point. Um, right, but yeah, make sure you're registered. Also, go and check out Donnie and everybody at Rector Seal is booth B2029. Uh, our buddy HVAC Strong will be there at 3 o'clock on Monday. We will be there at 11 o'clock on Tuesday. And then our other friend from California, Mr. PEHVAC, will be yep. there on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. So go check out all of our buddies uh, over at Rector Seal as well. Yeah. I will not be in a kilt. Just throwing that out there. You will. You will probably be at the beer pavilion, Dennis. Is where I will find Man. you. Man, we will we'll be hanging out over there. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think. In, I think Jess is coming to y'all's booth. I'm trying to remember everybody else. I think Jess and Gary are both going to be there. Speaking of the A team, uh, yep. We we we've got yeah, we've got you know a few people coming by. Who'd you say, Jess? Uh, HVAC Jess. Yep, that's a uh, Tuesday at two to three. There you go, and then uh, Gary McCready, HVAC Know It All. Yep. I know he's coming. Yeah, so yeah, HVAC Know It All. That guy's funny. 
I've watched a few of his podcasts. He's pretty funny. Yeah, he's he covers the. If I want to get if I want to get technical, correct. Like he, my mind, my mind is wanting to go down that road. I, that's who I'm turning on. Right, that's just what it is. Yeah, have a pencil. Him or Brian Orr. Him and Brian Orr. Yeah, have a pencil ready when you listen to Brian or, or, or just, yep, because they will they will learn you some things as they say. That's right. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, cool, man. Appreciate you coming on. Had a good time. Hope you got some bourbon left over for uh, next Wednesday or I've, a Wednesday. I've, yep. Yep. Always got some bourbon ready. All right. Next time I'll and have we, to bust out my new corksicle, which I still haven't used yet. Dang it. I can't wait to hear it. So make sure you at least listen to the opening of the Nitro Pepsi. Oh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Unsolicited All right. plug right there for the Nitro Pepsi. Yep. That's right. Ryan did a good job. I'll have to put that in there. All right, man. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you in Atlanta, or talk to you soon on here. Hey, yep, sounds absolutely. good. All right, guys. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Who'd wanna live down there in the middle of nowhere? They've never drove through Indiana. Bit man who plowed that earth, planted that seed, busted his ass for you and me. Why God made those flies